welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk. I am so happy to be with you this week, series four, episode seven. You, of course, have me, and this is the fourth time I have tried to start recording this podcast. I haven't had to do that in a while, but I realized first time around my phone went off, second time around the baby monitor was on with the white noise machine, and third time around I got an email. So let's hope fourth time lucky, I won't have to start this recording again. I am here to share with you everything that's been going on with Amandine and me and answering a bunch of your questions every single time I ask you for questions. If you've got any, I get so many, so I will try and get through as many as I possibly can without waffling on too much on the podcast today. Last week, I headed up to London. Now, there is a bonus podcast coming at the end of this week in a couple of days, which is very exciting, and it's all about the event which I helped to host on Wednesday last week. You can hear about that more then, um, but this week, I wanted to share with you what it was like leaving Amandine. Oh my goodness. Firstly, it was not as bad as I thought. I was really late for the train going up. I went up the night before the event and I left it kind of as late as I could so I didn't get up to my sister's super late. I mean, I did still uh, arrive at her front door at quarter to nine, which seeing as I'm in bed at like half past eight, nine o'clock these days, felt really late. And then we went to go and get pizza, which actually happened to be the worst pizza of my life, which was very sad considering... I hadn't been out for dinner in 10 whole months. Um, So for that to be a really shitty pizza was devastating. And I felt so bad for my sister because she picked up the tab. And it was one of those times when we really should have said something. But they were really overrun. It was a super sunny evening and it was late and we just wanted to eat. And I hate causing a fuss when it comes down to food and yeah we didn't say anything and when she came to take our plates away she was like was that a yummy pizza or do you want to take some of it away are you full and I was like "Mm -hmm, no I'll leave it thank you but thanks rather than saying actually it was disgusting anyway my poor choosing as well probably so I was late for the train on the Tuesday afternoon I left at a five o'clock and took a three hour train so I took the slow line but it just meant that I didn't have to go all the way into Exeter St David's which adds an extra half an hour 40 minutes onto my journey so it's about the same anyway and I went into Waterloo and then it's super easy to go and get up to my sister's um but when I arrived at the train station I had time to literally jump out the car wave at Amandine goodbye and then go and grab my tickets and get on the train And it was a good thing because had I parked up with her and Hendrik, had I given Hendrik a kiss goodbye, given Amandine lots of hugs, I think it would have just made it into such a big deal when it really wasn't. I mean, I was was gone in the end for 24 hours. Um, It was meant to be a little bit less, but uh, it was fine. And Hendrik did great. He did so well. And I actually think he really enjoyed it. He really stepped up and... I appreciated it so much because without him, that would not have been possible. In fact, without quite a few things, it wouldn't have been possible. She obviously took the bottle for consecutive feeds right from her night feed. So she had she would have had a night feed at 7 o'clock. She would have then had her morning feed at 6 a.m.-ish. She then would have had another feed after her morning nap around 10 a.m., 
and then another feed after her lunchtime nap at around 3pm. So we've never asked her to take that many bottles before. It was my expressed milk um, and I made sure it was all fresh so Hendrik didn't have to go into the freezer stash. I'm a little bit unsure whether she'll take the freezer stash still. If it's really early freezer stuff I've just frozen sorry the the freezer stuff I've just frozen um she'll take that but the early days milk she won't so I've taken your advice all your advice and I'm cooking with it and I'm using it in her porridge and things like that to use it up because I am a hoarder Hendrik has reminded me of this this evening in fact but I'll get on to that later um and even wasting breast milk I'm like nah that is not happening. That is gold in my freezer and it shall be used. (laughs) Um, But she did really well. And apparently when she was taking her morning bottle at around six o'clock, she was looking around the door, I assume looking for me, Hendrik assumes looking for me, but she didn't whine any more than she was already. And boy, oh boy, is she going through a whining stage? Actually, today I feel like we've turned the corner. I don't know if we actually have, but I feel like we may have. I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. Um, but she has been waiting on her top two teeth coming through. They have now come through. And I know that, or I knew that, because two nights ago, I woke up to the sound of her grinding her teeth on the baby monitor. And she keeps doing it. I think she's just exploring her mouth. She's exploring... Um, you know, what having what having teeth above each other feel like. You know, it's teeth on teeth now. Um, so that must have been super painful for her and they were really inflamed and bleeding a little bit, but fine now. So that must have been one cause of the whining. I also think she's in quite a hefty leap at the moment. I actually have turned off my Wonder Weeks from giving me notifications and I'm just accepting Amandine where she is at whatever point she's at. Hendrik, however, is keeping up to date with the leaps. And anytime she's a bit grouchy, he's like, she's on a leap. She's definitely on a leap. It's fine. It's fine. Don't panic. We're good. It's fine. Um, so hopefully that we're coming to the end of that too. But it's incessant whining. It's not crying. It's whining. I can deal with crying. That I can deal with. I can comfort that. Whining is very hard to comfort, doesn't want the boob, doesn't want to be held, doesn't want to be left alone, doesn't want to crawl, you know, doesn't want to play with her toys. The only way I can stop it is if I take her out in the pram or we go out on an outing. So sometimes I will just take her to Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's, I normally go to Tesco's, but Sainsbury's is literally five minutes down the road in a little village. Um local to us and I'll take her there and I'll just stroll the aisles obviously pick up a shitload of chocolate um to get me through and probably some bananas and that is it and then we'll leave again and then we might go to the zero waste store and have a browse around there and yeah that's what we do or I'll take her to a stroll to the post office and I'll post you know something or whatever but that's what I have been doing to just not go insane and I have been really struggling actually and in fact the week 
leading up to me going away to London. Um, and it was for work. It was an amazing opportunity. Um, and I was paid to go uh, and take Mum Talk live, essentially. It was an incredible opportunity. And I wanted to give it my absolute all. And that's one of the reasons why Hendrik offered to take Amandine, because I had a couple of conference calls with um, with the brand Bugaboo and Amandine was on the other end of the line with me. I had thought, and when I've done this in the past, it's been fine. She's been happily playing with her toys and not interrupted the phone call at all. But when she saw me on the phone this time and there were two or three other people dialed into this conference line, uh, she just screamed. She screamed and screamed. It was my fault for not making sure the conference call was during a nap time, but it was fairly last minute what we were trying to pull off and I I just didn't want to start dictating things like that. But yeah, nightmare. Um, and it's so off-putting for me. I couldn't get my train of thought. I couldn't say what I wanted to say and so lessons learned there. Lots of lessons learned. Don't do anything important unless Amandine is napping. Seriously napping. And just, yeah, say to the brand or whoever it is I'm speaking with, no can do until she goes to sleep. And I recorded a podcast this morning, actually. And I did arrange it for a time when Amandine was napping because I thought days are over where I can have Amandine on my lap whilst I record a podcast. Those days are gone. Anyway, so we've been struggling a little bit with separation anxiety, I guess it is, maybe a little bit in the day. I actually had a question about it at night, but I can share my experience in the day um, and whining coming from that. And also the fact that she is now crawling, but that was only as of yesterday. If you follow me on Instagram, you will have seen literally the first few steps that we captured on camera of her crawling. Now, over the last kind of week or so, she has been really desperately trying and getting so frustrated that she can't get to me. So, so frustrated. But now she can-ish. She, it takes a lot of effort, obviously, for a baby to crawl. And she is definitely going slow, which is great. Um, she'll kind of come two or three steps and then sit back down on her bottom and then launch herself forward again, maybe take one or two steps and then sit back down on her bottom again. By steps, I mean like crawling steps. And of course she has her own way of doing it. She goes forward with one leg, but with the foot on the floor. So she's got her knee bent up towards her face and then she's dragging the other knee as she comes forward. I'm sure it will turn into a full-on crawl eventually, but right now she's kind of just you know, shimmying. I guess it's a half bum shuffle and half uh, crawling, I suppose, like that middle, middle bit. But all of this whining, being, I guess I would say, back to work, um, I'm being paid after all, so it is work. I became really overwhelmed, really overwhelmed, which is something that I have been talking to Steph on the podcast 
about this morning because she if you don't follow her already go check her out at Steph don't buy me flowers she runs her own company but she also talks a lot about relationships and a lot about overwhelm um and I really relate to that massively and I hugely went into manic mode like a couple of days before I left to go to London I just had too much on I was juggling mentally juggling a lot of different ideas and themes in my head and um didn't ask for help. I didn't ask Hendrik. He was working a lot, but I didn't reach out and say, you know what, could you just be Ofe Amaldine for, you know, a couple of hours so I can actually get this stuff down on paper. Um, I, I just didn't ask and I should have, and it's, it was silly. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, and this is very much the theme of the podcast that I recorded today with Steph, which will be out in a couple of weeks, is take help take the help, ask for help. I went down to my mum's this last weekend because I dropped a few hints, but she didn't pick up on them. Um, and I needed help. I really needed help. So you know what I said? I'm going to just go down to my mum's. I'm going to pitch up there (laughs) and demand help. And my mum was amazing and she was great. And even actually just having activities that we could do that were different from being at home and playing with toys and going out and doing, you know, my normal round of activities. Um, my mum's partner, there's a swimming pool, uh, at his apartment complex. So we went and swam there a couple of times. Um, And my mum persuaded me to stay the night and it was really lovely. I actually went to bed super, super early, but we went down to the beach. We had pizza overlooking uh, the beach and the sea and it was gorgeous. Amandine went to bed late. I kind of shoved routine out the window and it was the best thing I've done in a really long time. It was needed. Amandine is solid on her routine she has completely created it herself and continues to create it herself pretty much I guess there's a bit of guidance in there from me but she goes to bed um she wants to nap every three hours and she'll go to bed she'll eat dinner at five o'clock if I'm 10 minutes late I'll know about it she's like a dog when you haven't put down their food and they're like oh hello five o'clock food time um she's the same 10 past 5, she is asking me where her food is. And then 7 o'clock, same thing. If I haven't started taking her up to bed by, I don't know, 6.40, she's looking at me, rubbing her eyes, looking at me again, rubbing her eyes. I mean, she's giving me all the cues and saying, Mummy, I really want to go to bed now. So dropping the routine is actually for me quite a brave thing to do because I know it will be difficult but actually having the pizza by the sea we went to bed maybe an hour later and she was totally fine because we had that distraction we had that distraction of being outside there were other people with us when we got home it was still kind of straight to bed so it was distraction whilst we were out and that was absolutely fine anyway I've massively diverted off what I was originally telling you about about leaving Amandine for the first time So when I got on the train, I very kindly asked all my Instagram listeners to distract me. But actually, you know what? I didn't need it. I managed to download a whole bunch of Netflix videos, uh, movies and episodes and things onto my phone. Thank goodness I did, because what I didn't realize on that line is there's basically zero internet, zero 3G. So I couldn't respond to anyone's questions anyway. Um, And I just listened. I did a little bit of work and then I just listened and watched 
and relaxed for three hours. And my goodness, it was a very chilled three hours. I did weirdly feel quite guilty, but that didn't last for too long. And then once I was in London, it was kind of all balls rolling. And in the morning, the event started, had to be at the event location at 8 a.m., And then it was non-stop right the way through until after the event. So really no time to think. I mean, there were loads of babies at the event, which was just lovely. And if some of you were there and you're listening to this, it was such a beautiful morning. I'm so sorry I didn't get to connect with more of you who actually came to the event. It was a really busy morning for me. I'm sure you saw how busy it was. Um, But I am hoping over the next couple of months to put wheels in motion to try and get to meet some more of you and get to connect with some more of you and connect you guys all together so watch out for that um don't quite know how I'm going to pull that off yet but I'm going to try because it was just so much fun it was so much fun getting to see you all and connect with you all and talk about stuff that actually we do need a little bit of help on or at least I feel like I can help you because I'm sharing from my experience Um, And some of you were sharing your experiences as well, which was lovely. And then from there, I went on to have coffee and then it was time to grab the train and go back home to my little one. And Hendrik and Amandine came to pick me up at about five o'clock and it was like I'd never gone. She didn't even seem that fussed to see me. It was a smile, but no bigger than normal. And then uh, went back to the whining, the lovely whining self. But hopefully that's past now. Woohoo! Okay, so what else can I share with you? Sleeping. Sleeping's been going really well. She is currently liking waking up any time between 5.15 and 5.45. Little bit too early for my liking. It's still a little bit up there. Um, As Hendrik would say, up dawn's crack. Um, Very pleasant saying, isn't it, that one? But he uses that one when he's going to work at, you know, half past two in the morning quite understandable but she seems to be a 10 hour sleeper she's not so fast on getting 12 hours and actually if she's anything like me I'm not a big sleeper either so maybe it maybe I don't know maybe I'm just making excuses for her but yeah so she goes to bed at 7 7 30 and then she wakes up at any time between 5 15 and 5 45 But what's been happening the last three nights is she has been waking up, actually since I was at my mum's, but she's been waking up two times on average a night. When I was at my mum's it was three, but I kind of put that down to a change in location, but it's continued. Crying, like it goes from zero to 100 in no time. In fact, it goes straight to 100. Um, I'm assuming it's a bad dream or a nightmare, or maybe she's dream. I mean, I really don't know. But that's been, that is terrifying. <laughs> when it happens, it is absolutely terrifying because you're in a deep sleep. All of a sudden, you wake up to no longer than two or three seconds of bawling, like she's smacked her head on the floor or something bawling. Her eyes are closed. She's still asleep. And then she either moves a little and then goes back to sleep, or just completely goes back to sleep. It's an odd thing. I'm going to monitor it a little bit more, and I'm just very much hoping that this is a phase. Hendrik, I don't know if it has anything to do with this, but Hendrik has nightmares, and I mean full-on nightmares. We we don't share a bed right now because of his work and his summer roster. Um, 
But when I do and he has a nightmare, he will sometimes kick me out of bed. He'll get out of the bed and physically move the bed. He will completely be asleep. So I guess it's a form of sleepwalking, but it's like nightmare sleepwalking. Or he'll launch himself over and, yeah, I mean, I have to duck sometimes, like seriously duck out of the way. It's scary. And that has been put down to lower magnesium levels. So if he takes magnesium tablets, that those symptoms will start to ease and he'll start to sleep better. So I don't know if it's a vitamin and mineral thing with Amandine. I do worry that she's not getting enough iron. I try and give her lots and lots of beans and pulses, but mainly beans actually. Um, but I just don't know if she's getting enough. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Probably not. So onto weaning. Weaning is going really well. I am really happy actually today because I've been worrying about the whole finger food baby led weaning. And actually I shouldn't be worrying and I'm not really worrying, but she has been loving purees loving 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 purees in the morning in the morning actually she has her porridge and we have gone from blitzed porridge oats so I would just normally take organic porridge oats and put them in my magi mix and blitz blitz them for a couple of seconds to make them a little bit smaller but she's been going on full adult sized jumbo oats organic jumbo oats and she's been doing really really well with the texture and I've been picking my raspberry crop from the garden has started to ripen. So I've been picking raspberries to go in her porridge every morning. And I have to say that is just magical. Walking outside of the Amandine, picking three or four raspberries, putting them in her porridge. It's just really, really nice. It's one of the things I just adore about living in Devon. You totally do not have to live in Devon to grow raspberries. There's the tiniest patch in my flower bed that I have given to raspberries. I don't have hundreds and hundreds of raspberry canes happening here it's literally I don't know maybe 50 centimeters by 40 centimeters which is full of a big raspberry bush that's all there is to it but it is really magical being able to give her such fresh produce anyway so she's been loving her porridge in the morning I make it with almond milk I've had some questions about why I'm doing almond milk it's purely because Hendrik and I don't drink cow's milk no other reason than that other than we just don't have it in the house and I would purely be buying it to make Amandine's porridge and I just feel like a lot would get wasted that way. So I sometimes do breast milk from the freezer, I'll sometimes do almond milk. We go between Alpro unsweetened almond milk which is fortified to Rude Health almond milk which is actually what I prefer which is um, just almonds, a little bit of sunflower oil I believe um, I actually do think there could be a smidgen of salt in there, um, but you know, I don't think too much. Occasionally I'll add in some coconut and pretty much always I'll add in peanut butter or almond butter. So I have added, I have introduced peanut butter. I think I introduced it maybe two weeks into our weaning journey around then. I did have peanut butter through my pregnancy and almond butter I was just mentioning this on my Instagram, but the one butter we haven't tried yet is cashew butter, mainly because, again, we don't eat it. It's not in the house. Um, I probably will introduce it at some point just to make sure that that flavor is in there and check she's not allergic. But yeah, I don't really, we don't really eat it. In fact, I think I bought some cashew milk, actually. So maybe that will work to see if she has an allergy. But she doesn't seem to have an allergy to 
dairy or eggs or strawberries or peanut butter. So I think we are quite lucky in that respect. Anything eggy that I give her is normally finger food and she just turns kind of frittata type things into um, scrambled egg. But I was really happy yesterday and today because I made a homemade quiche and she pretty much ate the whole lot. Again, it was finger food, but she loved it. It was incredibly cheesy. I did put way too much cheese in there. I was doing everything by eye. My mum had basically said, eggs, creme fraiche, cheese, tomatoes, um, onions, bacon, blah, 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 for the one that my mum does. But I omitted bacon and I also omitted onions. So it was just cheese, tomato, and I put in courgette actually but I just put in way too much cheese. (laughs) So yeah, very cheesy. No wonder she loved it. With a pre-rolled short crust base, I cheated on the pastry, totally cheated. But the pastry is actually vegan, which I never knew. If you're vegan and you're listening, it was one of the biggest hacks I passed on to my friend Annie, who didn't know. And we were making jam tarts and I was like, we can just use normal pastry. She's like, no, we can't. Yes, we can. It's vegan, my friend. It is vegan. I'm not vegan right now. We're not bringing up Amandine vegan. Um, We are giving her a little bit of everything and then she can make the decision. Hendrik and I don't eat much meat at all. In fact, the last time I ate meat, mm, 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 can't even remember. On my shitty pizza, that's when I last ate meat. Yeah. Wish I hadn't really. It was gross. Um, so yeah, we don't eat meat, but we do give Amandine meat. Actually, have I given Amandine meat? Uh, I don't think I have actually given her meat yet. Have I? No, I don't think I have. No, but she does eat lots of, lots of dairy. She has yogurts. She literally annihilates a yogurt. She eats cheese. And we've now got to the point where really she's eating or I'm trying to get her to eat what we eat. So I'm not forever making different meals. I was actually gifted some, um, I'm under no obligation to mention this, but I was gifted some mama made food pouches. They're not really pouches. Well, they are pouches, but they are frozen and it just contains, I think they've been pre-cooked once, veggies. So you you just pour them into the saucepan and add a little bit of water, heat them up. It might be some broccoli, some cauliflower, some spinach, some mushrooms, a bit of garlic, something like that. Mix it all up and then you can either give it to them as finger food, just like that, or you can blitz it in a blitzer, which is what I've been doing. But you know the best thing about it? The best thing about it is just taking the thought away from the evening like what am I going to make Amandine for dinner and I've realized that actually really to make my life simple and to stop getting overwhelmed I need to just spend maybe one nap time prepping food I can do my own freezer pouches it's it's an amazing amazing service that mama made is offering I think it's brilliant and you know definitely to have some in the fridge for reserves when you just or in the freezer for reserves when you just can't think you know um of doing meal for your little one it is dead dead easy and so simple to do and you know that it's fresh ingredients and organic so if you are you know just got back from holiday or something like that it would be a really good thing to do but also I could do it myself I could prep 
the bits myself and put them in the freezer and then I just need to heat them up on the hob and then blitz them and that's done 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 but back onto weaning she's doing so well she really is doing so well I gave her something that I had given her a couple of days ago and there was one in the freezer I get it's like a chickpea melange with potato like properly stodgy stuff but well blitzed up into a puree and she spat it out the last time I gave it to her and she loved it this time and I think that's the other thing is babies tastes change so much so quickly if your baby is refusing something just try it a couple of days later don't panic I went through so much so many days of worrying and panicking about weaning my biggest piece of advice is just go for it doesn't matter what you give them really doesn't matter it is scary yeah but just just give them anything anything at all it doesn't matter a bit of carrot a bit of cucumber a bit of pureed carrot a bit of pureed broccoli pureed peas they're green and sweet <laughs> their amandine loves a pea um sweet potato puree god i gave amandine sweet potato puree for ages I follow um, a nutritionist on Instagram and she basically says start with all the green food. I did not do that. In fact, I was panicking a couple of days ago that I just had literally given her everything tomato-based, which she adores, and had given her very little green stuff. And then one of the mama-made food packages was actually very, very green, like a green smoothie almost, electric green. And she wolfed the whole thing. So there, I didn't need to worry, did I? Right, I'm going to get to the point on a few more things because I realise I've been waffling for quite some time now. Weather. It's been hot, hasn't it? Really, really hot. And I've been inundated with messages about keeping babies cool, how to keep the baby cool. I don't know if you saw a couple of, um, or you listened a couple of weeks ago, but still stands about having the fan with some iced bottles of water in front of it. Maybe that would help, not directly pointed at baby. Opening the windows, um in the evening and in the morning shutting them in the day with the blinds closed to keep the cool air into the house it is, it is lovely especially you know in our house we have these lovely french doors that you can fling all the way open and it's really nice but practically wise when you're trying to keep the house cool we don't do that all of our doors are closed all of our windows are closed in the day any blind that we possibly have is shut and our house stays nice and cool so we just don't have doors open leading out onto the patio because we can't afford to right now because Amandine's room is so hot if we do that. And hot air rises, doesn't it? So it just all ends up upstairs anyway. Also, I've been kind of switching between a long sleeve bodysuit, a short sleeve bodysuit and a one one tog grow bag. That's where we've been finding it. So if anything's above 22 degrees, I've been putting her in a short sleeve bodysuit. If it's under 22 degrees and it's not set to rise anymore in the night, I will put her in a long sleeve bodysuit. So for instance, tonight it was 21.5 in her room and I think it was due to get cooler tonight. So I have put her in a long sleeved bodysuit and a grow bag and she seems very, very happy. Amaline has also taken to sleeping on her tummy and I tried to roll her onto her back. I did that a few times, but nope, tummy every time. She's also started to sit up in her cot so she can now go from lying down to sitting up to playing with the baby monitor and trying to rip it off the cot. 
she started to do that now. Sorry, that was a big gasp because I just saw Amandine literally fling herself across the cot as I was talking about that. But it did take me by surprise because her cot was still very much in the newborn setting. And when I suddenly saw on the baby monitor that she was sitting up and trying to pull herself up, I got into that room so damn fast. And within a couple of hours, that cot was dropped. (laughs) That cot was dropped a good few levels lower. Relationship-wise, so loads of you have been asking about relationship topics and I think that was obviously because I had a chat with Steph from Don't Buy Me Flowers but I think it is definitely worth saying I I don't know how much I can share on here because I just don't know how comfortable Hendrik is with sharing our personal life he's not a very sherry person he likes to keep our business our business which I completely respect and totally do as much as I can but I do think it's important to say on here it's not easy um it really isn't easy trying to find a balance between your marriage and what it was and then your baby coming into the world and what it is now it's a huge transition a huge transition and you know we're all going to have our issues but as Steph and I were saying today communication is so key and I have to say that's one thing Hendrik and I are shocking at and if there's anyone listening who is married or dates or has a yeah boyfriend who is French or German or in my case half French half German it's really hard (laughs) it's really really hard to communicate Um, effectively in a way that is calm (laughs) and you know useful and helpful to the situation and I'm sure it's not just if anyone is dating or with someone who's not English but me talking from my experience it can be a little bit tricky I know I'm not easy to live with I it's certainly our rows are not based on just Hendrik. I know I'm not easy to live with. And in fact, Hendrik pointed that out this evening. I am one hoarder. Yes, I am. I said that to my sister the other day and she said, I know, but me too. But our father was as well. And I think maybe our mother is a little bit too. Hendrik, if he doesn't use something for a couple of years, he's very, very good at just chucking it away. Very good at chucking it away. Whereas me, I'm like, hmm, but I might use that. And I don't want to spend more money on trying to replace it. I will keep it and I will just put it there out of sight, out of mind. Yes, that does go through my mind. And Hendrik, if you're listening, I know you're not actually, but you know, if he was, yes, he was right. I do hoard. I have little corners in this house, which is full of stuff. You know, I have a, in our cozy corner, underneath our cozy corner, I have a box of maybe 20 packs of incense. I haven't used incense in well over a couple of years, I'd say. And I've got my singing bowl in there from my yoga stuff. I've got so much in there when really right now that's not happening, that kind of stuff. So that could go probably in the loft. But I have an issue with stuff going in the loft as well. You know, our loft isn't particularly sanitary. It is, or clean, maybe sanitary is not the right word, but clean. Um, It's full of spiders, 
things do go a little bit moldy through the winter. It does get quite damp up there and humid in the summer, super humid. We have no insulation under the tiles. You literally go up into the roof and it's slate straight onto wooden beams. It's a very, very, very old roof. And we have leaks everywhere in it. So I'm not keen on putting Amandine's things like the snooze pod, her wool nest, all those kind of things up there because, you know, fabric takes on a musty smell. Yes, you can wash it, but you can never get it out. I know that from the second-hand pram that we bought and we took to France. They'd kept it in a storage unit and it had taken on a bit of a musty smell. I washed the whole lot and the smell didn't come out. It's fine because we only ever use it outside and it's, it's not that bad, but the smell doesn't come out. So I am not keen on doing that and putting everything up in the loft. Anyway, you don't need to know that. But all I need to say, all I wanted to say to you was it is not easy and hold out for our chat on um, in a couple of weeks time with Steph because we do talk and she does share some tips about how her and her husband Doug you know, got through some pretty tough times and they've had three kids and with each kid they have had to overcome new things in their relationship and it's tough and I see only positive things in once again asking for help and maybe going to see someone. I am yet to persuade Hendrik because I think, you know, relationships deserve that and as my friend put it, she said, give your relationship an MOT once a year, you know, and whether that's going to see someone and talk to someone or doing it yourself, but have a bit of a debrief on your relationship and just check everything is running properly. That's the least we can do. And definitely the least we can do once we've got little babies in the mix. I'm going to talk loads more about this um, over the next few weeks when you're chatting with me because I think it's a really important topic and I don't ever want anyone to feel lost or alone or trapped um, because there's so much, so much support out there and also so much that you can just do yourself. I'm going to go on to answering even some of your questions. So let me just bring those up on my phone. I'm having to go back into my archive again. Here they are. Righty-ho. Ask me anything. So first question. In hot weather, baby feeds less. I worry she's not getting enough milk. She's four months old. Hmm. I am no medical professional, so that's a tricky one to answer. I, Amandine, when it's hot, feeds more. I try and offer her more and more milk, um, and she does generally take it. I think if your little one is feeding less, it's definitely worth having a chat to your health visitor or your doctor about that, just to be sure um, that they are getting what they need especially if they're only four months old because you can't substitute any milk and you wouldn't want to substitute milk with water and you're not getting water in any foods that you're giving either because you're not weaning yet so yeah I would definitely talk to your health professional about that baby chomps down hard on my nipple during some feeds very painful four months old tips yeah Amandine did this but actually only when she was kind of seven months eight months old I don't really have any tips. My only tip is to say, take them off the boob. Maybe don't look at them. I don't think it's so... I I just think they're testing the water. I just think they're, you know, maybe getting used to that in their mouth and playing with it, with your nipple. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but 
Once teeth start coming, that's something you definitely want to try and avoid. Um, Again, talk to your health visitor. I bet they have tons and tons of advice on things like this. But with Amandine, all I did with her was I would take her off my boob. I would look... um, I would try and make sure I didn't laugh or squeal out in pain so she didn't realise that it was something that got a reaction from me. So, yeah, I guess try not to show a reaction. I think that was the advice I was given, actually. Baby tries to suck her thumb finger whilst I breastfeed her. Oh, interesting. Maybe they're tired and that's a sign of tiredness. Amandine always puts her thumb in her mouth when she's tired. In the daytime, it will only be when she's tired. So perhaps that means she just wants to go to sleep and she's done feeding. Perhaps, maybe. Or if not, and you definitely don't think so, maybe hold her hands whilst you're feeding or maybe put one arm round your body, so round your boob, and then hold on to the other one and press it against your chest or something so they have that connection and feeling with you. Mixing baby lead and traditional weaning spoon and purees. Do you think it would work? Yeah, it's totally what we do. Totally what we do. Mixing baby lead and traditional weaning. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. And yeah, it's working. It is working. So baby lead, I'm giving her things like quiche and broccoli and finger foods. And, you know, she'll take what she wants when she wants. And purees, she adores as well. And uh, yogurt, I obviously give her on a spoon. Um... She'll turn it down if she doesn't like it, or she'll spit it out, maybe, if she doesn't like it. But, uh, yeah, definitely think it will work. Give it a try, for sure. It's working for us. Since recently having a baby, I've struggled with sleep. How have you managed this? Hmm. Have I had an issue with sleep? My sleep? Have I? Have I? Have I? Have I? Not really. I guess it depends what... Uh, is happening with your sleep is it just that you can't sleep you can't turn your brain off you can't relax your body's aching um is it that you're worried about baby is it um that the baby monitor is distracting perhaps uh gosh could be all of those things couldn't it so why don't i try and break some of it down if you're worrying about baby i totally get that uh i Still, in fact, last night was one of the nights. In fact, yeah, I was, weirdly, a little bit more concerned about her than I normally am for some reason. I think I woke up four or five times in the night, checking on the baby monitor, turning the screen on, then turning it back off again. I think it's very, very natural, and I think it will pass with time. I do know one of my friends has stopped using the baby monitor altogether because she knows that she can hear her baby if she cries. Hendrix sleeps with white noise. And... My room is quite a distance, well, not quite a distance, but um, it's it's a few doors away from the nursery, and I am not too sure I would wake up necessarily. Um, I guess having the baby monitor is a bit of a comfort for me, which actually makes me sleep better sometimes, and I also share Amandine's white noise through the baby monitor. Um, if you are aching, hot baths, things like that might be nice. Get yourself a massage. I don't... I got quite a few massages since giving birth and it really really helps we go from zero to a hundred when you when you give birth if you think about the physical undertaking your body takes on when you give birth and then you're expected to carry a baby around all the time 
lift really heavy car seats, lift prams out of cars, all whilst your body is trying to heal, and all whilst your baby is getting heavier and heavier and heavier. I certainly didn't go to the gym for nine months prior to giving birth to prep my body for weightlifting a baby, that's for sure. So we do put an awful lot of strain on our bodies, so go and get massages, mummies. Go and get some massages. If you're really, really struggling to sleep, again, I would suggest go and see your doctor or health visitor. But there are also other things that you can do. Essential oils, ones that are okay to have whilst you're breastfeeding. Maybe homeopathy. would be. I would definitely go to homeopathy first before your doctor tries to prescribe you anything, um, especially if you're breastfeeding. Again, reading a book before you go to bed, not being on your phone, you know, the normal kind of stuff about sleeping. Okay, when did you start giving A the bottle? Mine is four months and we're still struggling. Yeah, I didn't give Amandine the bottle properly until January, so that would have been when she was September, October, November, December, January, four months. Yeah, and we struggled for at least two months, at least. It was not an easy transition. Well, it wasn't a transition, actually, but it was not an easy process to try and get her to take the bottle. There's lots of podcasts on this. Um, There's also a fair bit on my highlights on this, so have a little browse through that as well. I try and put those in the breastfeeding and bottle um, feeding highlight section that I've just created. I'll try and scoot those over. But... Try and just stick with one bottle. We found that that helped. But actually, also, the more she got used to putting things in her mouth, anything and everything, the more she would take a bottle. Also, try different temperatures of milk. Some like it really cold, some like it borderline hot. Amandine was borderline hot. Um, Some tried different expressed milks. So maybe some which you've expressed... The day before, some which you've literally just expressed, see if that makes a bit of a difference. Thinking about it, I did actually post my top tips on my Instagram feed on the grid, so go and check those out too, because it's on there as well. Um, But also getting your partner to feed them the bottle if you have that ability, or maybe asking a parent to do it, anyone who's not you, basically. How did you transition A into her own room? Oh God, it was really easy. It was really easy for us because from day one, really, she'd been napping in her cot. Um, I tried to get her to nap in her cot as much as I possibly could and it really has paid off. She asks for her cot, essentially. That's where she wants to be. She likes having her own space. But we did it around seven months because we were away on holiday. I didn't see the point in doing it when she'd still be in my room. Um, so we literally got home from holiday, did one night in with me, and then I just put her down in her cot and never went back to get her, because normally before, um, I would put her down in her cot to go to bed, I don't know, around seven, and then when I went to bed at 10.30, I would feed her and then take her into my room with me, and she'd be in the snooze pod next to my bed, that's what would happen. So she was always used to going to sleep in her cot, waking up a couple times maybe, and then going back to sleep in her cot, putting herself back to sleep in her cot. So it worked fine. I just never went to get her and she was happy, happy, happy. 
it does have its downsides with her being so attached to her cot. It is brilliant, but it does have its downsides. If I want to be away from the house or if I want to be out and about, I can't be. She just won't sleep. She won't get her right naps. So any day when I'm like, you know what, I need a day for me. I'm going to be out and about today. I know it will either be a very early bedtime or we'll try and scoot in a nap somewhere. But she likes to nap in the dark, in her bedroom, in the cot with the white noise machine nowhere else not in the pram in the car I can just about get away with in the car but she'll only do one sleep cycle in the car she'll only do one 45 minute sleep cycle so I would just recommend that try especially um, if you are transitioning from your room into the nursery or into her room try putting her down for the beginning sleep in her cot and then a few nights taking her back into your room, backwards and forwards, and then uh, just don't take her back into your room one night and see what happens. What else have we got? Um, how do you balance keeping A in routine with doing things that you want need to do? Yeah, I mean, amazing question to follow on from that one. I don't really. <laughs> it's difficult. Um, it's really, really difficult. And like I said, if we're out and about and she's needing to nap, she won't. So it will just mean that I'll have to adjust everything. But I feel if it's a day here or there, it's not going to make a difference to her long-standing routine. If I did it solidly for four or five days of being out and about, her not napping, her getting grouchy, it would probably start to peeve her off and she would start to get antsy with me and her routine would probably start to change. So I think if, you know, if you're doing a couple of things that you really, really want to do, just spread them out if you've got quite a solid routine. Um, also, you know, if there's things I need to do, I'll try and do them in nap times. But as Hendrik was saying the other day, because he could see me getting so overwhelmed and entering into manic mode, he was like, you really need to use Amandine's time when she's sleeping to nap yourself and to get some rest. And I was like, how can I possibly do that? How can I possibly do that when I'm so overwhelmed with everything? I have emails to write, I have work to do, I have a house to clean, I have washing to do. So much that's expected, plus when you're trying to help others at the same time through your work. It's really flipping hard, really hard. And yeah, really hard. I haven't got the balance right, that's for sure. So I'll get back to you on that one. Um, but as far as out and about goes, I hope I've answered your question a little bit there. And I just try to stay as close to routine as possible if I can. If I can. So if I need to do a car journey, I will try and time the car journey if it's an hour or over an hour at the time when she naps. So I'm not essentially wait, wasting time whilst she's napping when we could be driving somewhere, you know? So it's just about trying to be smart about when you put her routine into, you know, how you mould it around um, what you need to do and when you need to do it. Another question, how to not be constantly frustrated with the husband after having a baby? Oh, this is so funny. I promise you, I didn't read these questions before starting this podcast, so that's really funny that all of these questions are coming up when I'm answering them anyway. Yeah, that's also really hard. <laughs> that's really hard. I mean, every couple has their own frustrations. Of course they do. I mean, my frustration is actually 
I feel like Hendrik just expects too much from me. You know, I will have Amandine, and especially in her whining stage and her super clingy stage, she's been really hard to put down, so I haven't been able to do anything aside from when she's napping, do my work. Um, so when she's not, not, you know, when she's not napping, I can't do anything and he'll come home and, you know, maybe say a couple of annoying words, which I'll take personally, of course, because I've had a stressful day. Um, and he'll say, you know, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? Why is your shit everywhere? Why is the house not tidy? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And you just think, oh man, give me a break. I have not had a break all day and now you're coming and whining as well at me. <laughs> Getting it from all angles. But yeah, I guess it's dependent what you're frustrated about. And again, communication, I think, is key. If you can just sit down with them and, and just talk it through as a team. This is what I keep saying to Hendrik. Let's not be angry at each other and blaming each other for why things aren't getting done around here. Let's try and figure out how we can do them as a team. And, you know, like I said to him today, if you want me to clear out my clutter, I need you to offer to take Amandine so I can focus and do it. Because I can't do it properly if she is crawling around or rolling around and I'm not able to keep half an eye on her. So... You need to be completely au fait, Amandine, so I can actually do something that you're asking me to do. If it's that important to be done. Um, and another thing that Steph and I were saying in the podcast, you know, I don't want this podcast to be a repetition of what you're going to hear in a couple of weeks, but what we were saying was, you know, sometimes it's okay to sit down and just say, I have no more capacity for anything else of what you're asking and same on your husband's side, you know, he may well not have any more capacity either if he's going out to work or whatever. And it's okay to say, we have no more capacity. This stuff just isn't going to get done. So we're either going to accept that or we're going to try and find a way of finding money to pay for someone to do it. So it might be that, you know, you're frustrated or your husband is frustrated that the house isn't clean or the laundry's not done or something like that. And it's just trying to reorganize things um, to, if you can, have the ability to get someone in to do the cleaning or whatever. I don't have a cleaner, but my goodness me, am I considering it. And I would rather forgo or make my weekly food shop 20 quid cheaper a week and pay for a cleaner right now because it's just one thing to clean our house properly it takes like four and a half five hours um Hendrik likes it to be you know just spick and span he's got his own ways of doing it and that's why it takes so long and I can't do it all in one day I can't do it all in one sitting so you know it's something I am definitely considering also take a big breath, big deep breath and do things for you and then that will hopefully help you to calm any frustration perhaps but communicate that's the biggest one communicate to them what's frustrating and own your feelings that was actually something that Hendrik taught me really early on in our relationship I think he regrets it because it's now <laughs> pretty much the only thing that I say back to him I am feeling this, not you are making me feel overwhelmed. I will say, I am feeling overwhelmed and I need your help. Or 
I feel like I can't clean the house, not stop making me feel like I can't clean the house. That's a really bad example, but you know what I mean. Own your feelings. Don't put it on them because that is just going to make them antsy and pissed. So own your feelings. I am feeling this way. And then you can also, you know, beat around the bush a little bit. I'm I'm really good at doing this. And <laughs> Hendrik always says, why can't you just say things to the point? But I'm very British, very, very British. Um, I will stand in a queue for hours and follow all the rules. But I, uh, I will say, I am feeling like this. And it may be that at some point your comments may have contributed to the way that I am feeling. You know, it's a load of rubbish. Of course he's making me feel like that, but I am owning my feelings and I'm just trying to explain to him why I'm feeling about why I'm feeling that way. Okay, last question. When did you start your sleep routine with A? So I was just trying to think back and I actually do need to um, listen back to the podcast. I think she was around six to eight weeks. It was a very clear point when it was obvious she didn't want to be in front of the tv with us anymore and she wasn't getting she wasn't going down you know babies they're just they'll sleep anywhere and sleep in front of the tv on you know full pelt loudness um but she wasn't settling she'd wake up and then she'd cry a bit and then she'd get antsy and that's when we decided to take her upstairs put her in her cot in the sleepy head to start with because she'd fall asleep on in the sleepy head on the sofa and then we very quickly went into the routine of 10.30 dream feed into the snooze pod next to me in my bed. And it worked really easy. And then we did dream feed for a really, really, really long time. Don't think it really ever worked for us. I still would wake up with her and feed her at 3, 4am in the morning. Um, God, when you're doing all of this, you'll think, "I I never will forget this. But actually, I'm sitting here thinking... I have forgotten most of this. Um, sometimes I'd feed her at midnight, sometimes I'd feed her at 3 or 4 o'clock, and then she'd wake up again at five thirty, six o'clock. So our dream feed never really worked, but I felt like it was a waste of an opportunity not to feed her because I needed to change her nappy anyway. That was another thing I did, actually. I changed Amandine's nappy for a very long time in the night, and it was only when my friend Millie said, Emma, you're actually disturbing her you're not doing her any favours by changing her nappy, she's not doing a poo, it's fine, let her rest, let her sleep, you don't need to change her nappy. Um, And then I stopped, but I'll have a look back, I'll have a look back in the podcast and see exactly when it was, but that's when our whole routine started, and then it's just kind of, just kind of run on, and run on from there, and developed and developed, and become really good, I will settle her down at seven, on the dot pretty much she'll be asleep straight away she'll settle herself I put her down awake it's another thing I would say I got so many messages and so many people telling me don't feed your baby to sleep she'll never be able to um go to sleep by herself and she goes to sleep by herself perfectly now no problems whatsoever so I don't worry if you're feeding your baby to sleep You do obviously want them to be able to self-settle in their cot at some point, but don't worry too much if you are feeding your baby to sleep right now and they're falling asleep on you. And that concludes all your questions. Thank you so much for sending them in. 
Um, I really, really appreciate it. And I am going to wrap up this podcast now. It has been, I don't know, like 45 seconds short of an hour. (laughs) So I'm sorry for waffling again, but it's been really, really lovely catching up. And um, I do find this very therapeutic. So thank you for listening. I hope that's been helpful. And look out for a bonus episode on Friday. It will be released. Lots of love to you all. And I will check in with you next week. Bye.